Hi, everybody. Welcome to another version of the Bruce Singer podcast. I'm Bruce Singer, your host of this podcast. I'm also the CEO and 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 founder of Canada CFOs, which places uh, CFOs on a fractional basis, part-time basis, boards, um, and interim. And we have a repeat uh, visitor to this uh, this podcast. And I tell you why it's repeat because we have so much great content that we went longer than expected. So I said, Deborah, let's do it again. Let's finish it off. There's just some unbelievable. Deborah is a tremendous thought leader and and in so many ways um, when it comes to board, board diversity, inclusion. So I'll tell you a bit more about Deborah. Um, uh, again, the founder and CEO of Women Get On Board. She's, she's leading and serving on corporate, as a corporate director, multiple multiple boards over the last 15 20 years multiple positions recently congratulations she won the sustainability x award uh 50 women globally for sustainability in 2022 that was recent award and she's also been a two-time most powerful women award she's a champion for diversity and inclusion and women i mean it just loaded (laughs) okay i'm i'm honored to have her and we've become great friends over this time too and I think it's amazing, you know, so we're going to have some, Deborah, welcome aboard again. Welcome part two. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you. Okay. So we got an interesting topic today. Uh, We're going to talk about, of course, it's all boards. We're going to talk about advisory boards and a whole bunch of other stuff that goes with it. And I'm going to learn because sometimes I'm not even sure what the difference is between advisory and regular. Can you share, can you run with this? (laughs) Okay. Can you share, Um, can you share? advisory boards what's going on what's the difference when should we have what's good give us there's a lot of information because i think it's important well i'll try to unpack that overarching question so sort of in its simplistic form um people hear about boards and they think so a board a corporate board or a not-for-profit board has a mandate and it has a fiduciary a board of directors has a fiduciary duty to act in the best interests of its stakeholders and there is duty of care and duty of loyalty, um, you have fiduciary duty as a director of a board. But an advisory board is not a governance board. It's it's a group of advisors that are formed or brought together to advise a company, could be for a two-year period, could be for a three-year period, could be until the company goes public, could be that the company is looking to expand into an international region and they want to have advisors at large. So I like to think of an advisory board as very much an extension of management. And if you're an early stage company or an emerging company, um, maybe let's take a CFO as an example. And I know you're very close to CFOs. I was a former CFO. Um, And so you may be in a place where you only have enough resources to perhaps bring in a sort of controller slash CFO, but maybe the company's growing and you need introductions to uh, potential acquirers. Um, Maybe your CFO has not had experience about financing or taking a company public. So when you bring in advisors, they're very much complementary and augment to your management team. So um, I, when I started Women Get On Board, I created an advisory board because I wanted to have advisors around me to be able to say, hey, have you thought about this strategy? Have you thought about this? Do you need introductions to these individuals? So they could be a great source of, of introductions and network as well. So 
Um, and there's there's sort of five key considerations. So before I go further, sure. there's one, it, it's simplistic board governance oversight yeah. Yeah. advisors, advisors at large. And in, in that advisory board, you want to be very clear. You want diversity of thought. So you're going to perhaps have someone with financial expertise, perhaps a CPA that might have an area of expertise. Maybe they've restructured, they've done transformation, they've done M&A, they've done taking company public, maybe they've done dual listed um, public company offerings, maybe they've done a particular exchange, maybe they have international uh, experience. So you want to be very clear when you define your advisory board, no different than a board, is that you need certain skill sets. So you want to be really clear on who you want to bring in and you want to be really clear on their term. Are you expecting to be an advisor for two years, three years? How often are you going to be getting together? Is it once a quarter? Is it every week? Like, so typically for an advisory board, you would create a mandate or term of engagement, if you want to call it, and you would define the scope and the expectation of what you would want. Because most people, if you ask them, they're busy and you might say, you might say, hey, Bruce, uh, can you join my advisory board? And you'd be like, well, tell me more. And I was thinking as a really great way to start the conversation is that you have an, a mandate to say for the advisory board, I'm expecting this much of your time. Here's how often we're going to meet. Here's what I'm expecting from you. Um, so you really want to be clear on the expectation. I think that is a starting point for you. I have a question to ask you. The makeup of the advisory board, I'm going to use, I'm going to use, let's say I'm a, I'm a CPG or food. I'm using that as an example. Industry, in terms of yeah, industry. CPG. Yeah. I'm using CPG as an industry. And let's say I'm a company, I'm a $30 million company, $25, $30 million company. I'm going to the next level. I'm thinking, hey, maybe I do, maybe I don't, but I'm debating it. Is there a certain chemistry, like, like for example, should that, that, that CFO come from that industry or maybe it's better to, like, what have you seen? Like, is it, is um, it a fresh pair of eyes? Like, do they happy? Like, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm a beverage company, should I have the, should I call the CEO of Pepsi to come on my, I'm not well, saying, what are you it depends on the relationship that you have. I find okay. a lot of times advisory board, at least I've served on many over the years, especially early stage technology companies. Um, you had some relationship with them some way or somebody introduced okay. you to the company. Um, and in my particular case, early on, I had Nexus. Uh, I came out of the tech sector as a CFO. So my natural inclination for advisory boards was serving on early stage technology advisory boards because they didn't, first of all, cash was king. So they weren't in a place to be able to be paying you any kind of fee. Maybe they offered you stock options as an example, but as the company evolved, then there was an evolution where the advisory board wasn't necessarily necessary because they were bringing in outside investors. And as they started growing and evolving, they didn't need the advisory board so much. They then started creating a, a, a formal board and, formal board, I got and you. the I got expectations you. started coming. Shareholders or investors would say, I want a seat at the table. If I'm going to put X dollars in, I want to have a seat at the table. So then the advisory board really sort of ramped down or it, there wasn't a need for it anymore. So, so getting back to the question, I want to drill down a little further. So I'm an entrepreneur. I know I need an advisory board. How do I determine what are the what is what is the makeup? I mean, is there a typical typical or 
or I, or or do I base it on what skills? I mean, like maybe I need a production person. Maybe I need I need a CEO. Maybe I need a lawyer. Maybe I need a banker. Maybe is there is there a cookie? I don't think it's cookie cutter. No, there isn't. There isn't. Um, you... I've I've seen it where I was asked to. I'll give you an example. I was yeah. asked to join an advisory board back in twenty fourteen. Yeah. Fourteen. And it was in the Niagara region and they were going to apply for a health Canada license for, so that they could cultivate cannabis. And what was interesting, it was going to be in the Niagara region. It was going to be definitely economic development. They had, were going to take over an old John Deere plant down in the Niagara region. And they were very clear. They wanted to bring on 10 advisors and I slot my slot (laughs) where I fit in was general business and financial expertise. That was mine. But of the 10, because it was going to be a cultivation facility, they needed somebody that had production, production. So then they needed, they knew they were going to raise capital. So somebody that would have an investment banking hat, then they were tied to the university down here. So someone from academia. So they were very clear. They were going to bring on 10 advisors. And each advisor kind of had a different different lens, a different hat that they wore around the table. I got it. It, it was very methodical. Very methodical. Very and okay. I do, okay. Okay. I would encourage anyone that is planning to do it. It also, it helps when you're inviting others to have clarity because they might say, oh, well, Bruce, tell me who else is going to go. Well, the reason I'm asking you today is because you have financial expertise and I need that as an augment. Or if it's somebody that has supply chain uh, experience. So you want to be really clear on your ask. Interesting. Sometimes you need an advisor to help you set up the advisors. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I and don't, yeah. it also yeah. takes time to, yeah. Yeah. if yeah. you're a CEO of an emerging company or, you know, high growth company, you have a lot of balls in the air. So, you know, your advisory board is only as good as the time you put into it. If you just create mm-hmm. it, you put their names on a website and you don't have any expectation or interface or engagement with them, then it's not going to be effective either. Gotcha. Right. Interesting. Interesting. But also there's another factor too, I would think is the chemistry of the, because they're working together. You have to make sure there there's a chemistry factor. I mean, what, what do you do when I'm sure you've, you've seen this when one board member is not on the same page with the other board members. Well, uh, I think so. I, I would, I would stop there for a moment. I wouldn't call them um, board members because that gives the connotation. So I would say advisory board members. I'd put that in front because otherwise sometimes they come with the expectation. Well, gee, I want to be making these decisions. Um, And that's what a board does. So advisors are there to advise and you really, and then they have the area. It might be, you know, the company, the CEO, we get together as advisors and the CEO kind of outlines and says, here's our strategy. And we want to go down into the US and we need introductions to fintech companies down there who on the advisory board has connections to the top five banks or to, you know, the merchant banking or whatever. And, and it's quite clear I think the clearer that the CEO can be in their expectations of what they want from the advisory board members, the better synergy. Now, are you, sometimes you don't even come together as an advisory board. The CEO might just have you as an advisor 
call you up and say, okay, I've got this situation. So it may be that you're not even interfacing with the other advisory board members. It depends on what, how that structure is set up. I got it. And you mentioned something before, and I want to talk about that a little more about, about the costs, you know, about how to compensate because they are advisors. And again, in your experience, what have you seen? Like some could be seen, I need advisors, but man, I can't pay for that. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, so, people are always, they're always look, people look at the, the ROI, you know, the yeah. ROI and stuff like that. Um, what, have you, what have you seen? Well, in, it depends on the amount of time and the expectation. I mean, there's a fine line between having an advisor so that you don't have to pay for consultancy fees. So yeah. that's not the intention. An advisor is sort of as needed from time to time. And if it became very, if if you an advisor all of a sudden realized like, you know, they that that CEO is engaging you far more than what the expectation was, then I, if I was the advisor, I'd turn to them and say, hey, listen, I don't know if you know, but this this is really the work of a consultant. And I think if yeah. you want to pay me as a consultant, great. Otherwise, my expectation as an advisor was to provide you advice from time to time on an as-needed basis. So I think depending on the size, if it's an early stage technology or early stage emerging company, a lot of times stock options are granted. Okay. Usually there's, I'm going to grant you these stock options because cash is king. They don't have cash, but they have equity to grant. Um, And if it's a little, if it's evolving and it's generating cash and some profitability, I've seen where the, those advisory board members might get a retainer of you know, between 5,000 to 7,500 a quarter just to be retained, yeah, be available. Yeah. So, um, I, and again, it depends. It could be that you uh, want to be an advisor, but you also at the same time may have an opportunity to participate in some rounds of financing because you want to participate. Yeah. Um, and that's your choice to do it, um, which shouldn't be an expectation that your advisory board members invest because you're asking for their time on the one hand, you know, if they want to invest, you open up the door and they can, but there shouldn't be the expectation that they're going to do both. You mentioned a very good point before. There's a fine line between advisor and consultant because look, we're all human beings. If you like the advisor, it becomes like 10 minutes a week and then 20 minutes a week. Then, then it becomes like, well, hold a second. I've now become well, your, yeah. your part. I've now become your part-time general manager here. Well, yep. and sometimes yep. you talk yep. about uh, fit. Yep. So maybe bringing someone on as an advisor, sometimes it's a way, you know, let's say you're going to be growing the company, it's high growth, you know, eventually going to be forming a board. Maybe it's a great way to see how that person operates. And maybe there's an opportunity for that person to be invited to join the board at some point, okay, the board of directors. So there's that. There's the opportunity is Maybe they're not available as a full-time employee right now because they have other commitments, but yeah. they stay close to the company. And as their commitments unwind, maybe there's an opportunity to bring them in as a full-time executive if budget is available and there's alignment course, and course, values yeah. there. Um, so I think sometimes it's a little bit, it's an informal structure that gives you a look into somebody, their style, the chemistry with you, and is there a fit? And it could always... It could turn into a full-time job. It could turn into a board of directors job. It could turn into a consulting arrangement. So I guess it just depends. Interesting. And also it doesn't, does it really matter? Like you've seen it in all different sizes of companies. There's no, I guess one of the things is some people actually might need an advisory board, but don't know they need an advisory board. 
That's well, very, very common in entrepreneurial companies. We don't know what we don't know, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and that's a whole, that's a big topic because we're all like that. Um, we're all human. You know, we don't so know. We don't know. <laughs> I would say that, you know, you want to walk before you run. I think creating advisory boards for the right time in the company in the right stage, they may not be forever. Um, you don't want all of a sudden, you know, just start an inaugural advisory board and have 10 new people around the table. Yeah. You might start with maybe right. four to five at most and build that and, and have them for a set time for the company to sort of stage it to maybe getting it public, maybe getting its first financing. So it can be very staged with clear milestones. Okay. One last question before we finish. I want to talk about diversity and inclusion. In terms of advisory, we see diverse. It's also industries, but people. Is that is that? It's a, like how does that kind of play into uh, with advice? Same same philosophy. Like you, you want to make sure you. Well, it depends you know, on um, yeah. what your the purpose of the advisory board and the purpose of the company okay. is. If you want to be global, then you're not necessarily going to bring everybody in from Canada. You want to have some diversity geographically. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. You know, your consumer is, you know, millennials or gen dad. You might want representation from there. If, you know, the company is really targeted, you know, female consumers, you want to make sure that you've got some representation there. So it really depends on the company. If the company's, you know, very focused on sustainability and green energy, you know, do you have someone with that kind of background or experience? So it, it really depends. Wait, it no. kind of ties back to the overall purpose of the company. This is very insightful. Very insightful. Like my takeaway is you got to, you got to really be methodical. You got to really think it out. You got to say, what are your, and then you start filling in those, those holes, you know, if you want to call them that really could, really could help. It can make a huge difference and can avoid making a costly mistake because you can learn from other people's advice or you can the, the, the what I call the mistake maker as you go method. And that's the, yeah. the uh, that, that can be term. quite, that can be quite costly. Deborah, this has been extremely, extremely insightful. And thank you for being my guest once again on the Bruce thank Singer you. podcast. We love to have you. And uh, anything else you want to share before we end up? Anything else? Well, I want to just want to talk pause and, and thank you, Bruce, for the work you do. Uh, for highlighting having a second opportunity to come in and speak as a guest speaker. I think you're very curious and you want to share other people's knowledge and you want to get it out there. And it's, it's sometimes a lot of there, it is a lot of work that you do. And so I just want to acknowledge you and and thank you for all the work that you do. I'm very grateful for that. And, and thank you for sharing. Cause when, 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 when you're on, I learn too, you know, and thank you for sharing those of me and, and the audience, and really, that's very kind of you and thoughtful of you. Thank you so much. Off we go. Have Thank a wonderful you. day, everybody.